Welcome, I'm Luke Worsfold and this is the Lisa Podcast. Well, welcome to the podcast, Chris. On the Lisa Podcast, we talk about um, addiction. So if you wouldn't mind just giving us a bit of a background about like how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so uh, my uh, thanks for having us on initially. Really appreciate it. Yeah, so my history is I spent 20 years addicted to drugs. Um, I started smoking from the age of seven. Um, we went on to starting to drink when we went into secondary school at the age of 11. And of course, we just then from then on just got introduced to smoking weed. Um, when I left school or near, nearing the time of leaving school, it was like 1988, 89 for the, so it was the beginning of the uh, acid house and, and um, the house music. So um, I was introduced to acid, um, LSD, speed, uh, and of course then ecstasy pills. Um, so then when I left school um, and you're in the pub scene, then of course we are then introduced to cocaine uh, and I eventually ended up using crack cocaine and heroin. So so I'd gone the full scale from, 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 from the age of seven right up to using heroin. So although I wasn't really serious at, you know, using heroin, you know, crack cocaine was quite prominent in my life. Even though I was still working, it was I was using as a social crutch but it was it was it completely engulfed my life so so I realized at that point I needed to get out so I I went in search of some answers so I went to the doctors got some tablets um, but they didn't really work um, I read some books I started studying addiction um, I went to help and support groups um, I even tried hypnosis um, but it was all really, really good, but it wasn't actually solving my problem. So, so, but what I was learning on this journey is, is everything kept leading me back to my mind. So, so what I actually done was start to question the, the, you know, what thoughts, what emotions, what was actually driving me to do the things I was doing. And so what I'd done, I ended up opening up a dialogue. I separated myself consciously from how my mind and body were working, and I started to question everything. So whatever thoughts were coming through, you know, go and have a cigarette, go and get some alcohol, go and get some cocaine, I started to question it. And not only did I question it, I didn't argue. You know, I'd spent 20 years fighting with myself, you know, regretting the actions that I'd taken, but this time around, I started to say, you know, thank you for sending me this thought. You know, I really appreciate this, but this isn't what I want, and I want something different. And through those self-talk techniques, I actually retrained my mind and stopped using the drugs that I was using. And, and I didn't stop them all at once. You know, I thought, get, you know, let's get rid of the crack and the heroin because, you know, that's really not good. And, you know, I was, it was being hidden from my friends and my family. Um, you know, I continued doing cocaine and, and alcohol, but again, when you get rid of one drug, the other drug becomes a problem. I got rid of cocaine, alcohol became a problem because then you become a drunk. And so, you know, one by one, I, you know, I was hanging on because we hang on to the pleasure of it, but, you know, it just always comes with the bad. So, so I had to make a decision. Yes, you know, I get some sort of pleasure from doing this, but it always comes with the bad. And, and you know, and the bad is no money, no self-esteem, no courage, no confidence. No, you know, there was a breakup in relationships. 
you know, I was suffering mental illness because of the actions that I was taking. And I just, you know, as I got rid of one, my life improved, you know, ended another one, my life improved. So one by one, using these self-talk techniques, I, you know, I escaped from all of these addictions, even down to, to, you know, when I got rid of all these drugs, I actually realized that I had a food addiction. And that was a bit of a, a shock for me because, you know, I love cakes, I love chocolate, I love, you know, all of those things that when you eat, you you know, you get pleasure, you get endorphins, you get, you know, those chemical releases that say this is good. But but the problem was, because I understood addiction, my mind was now driving me to eat more food. You know, I was working and I, all I could think about was food. I mean, literally, I was visiting two or three bakers a day. I say like two or three because... Because once you've been in one once or twice, you feel embarrassed to go in there a third time and you're buying cakes and, you know, people would look at you strange. So, you know, I was actually sneaking around as an adult, you know, eating food before I got back to my workshop. So no one knew how much I was actually consuming. And it wasn't a weight problem. You know, it was a mental problem. And I thought, you know, I don't want to live like this. So even though I got pleasure from the food, I had to make another decision and, you know, use these self-talk techniques and say, you know, I'm taking all of these addictive foods off of my, you know, pleasure list. I'm making a conscious decision that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to live a life where I just feed my body to, to, to nourish it and I'm not eating food to get them endorphins, to get the pleasure, just like I did with the drugs. Um, and, yeah, and now I don't miss, I don't miss any of it. I, you know, I, I'm 10 years over 10 years now, just just not, you know, I've, you know, I don't use, I don't think about it, I don't miss it, I'm actually still around people that drink and do drugs, it doesn't bother me because, you know, I'm happy for them because I know that at the, that moment they're getting the pleasure, you know, but, I, you know, I can't control people, but, you know, but I can still be around them because I'm in a good place, I feel good about my decision you know, and so if I'm in a good place, they're in a good place, everyone's, you know, you know, doing okay. But if someone sincerely comes up and says, Chris, you know, you don't do this, do you? How did you stop? Then, you know, I'll teach them. And But, you know, that was my story. But then three years ago, some, there was a real a terrible tragedy. And, and my twin brother, who'd been through a similar story to mine, um, but he never really got to the crack cocaine on heroin, but he had a real massive problem with alcohol he spent some time in hospital then he went into a rehab when he came out we went to a um, like a club reunion from from back in the day uh, he made a decision to take some ecstasy tablets and after you know abusing your body for 20 years he took two or three tablets and basically his body said no and it actually the, the drug poisoned his body it started to shut down his organs and and you know just he died and I, and I was with him that day and and it's the most shocking you know I can't even even explain to how bad it was but I you know from that moment on I knew what I had to do I you know so I wrote a book um, to to share my story share my brother's story um, from that book, I've opened up help and support groups. I now run London seminars. I've become an international speaker around addiction. I've spoke, you know, to the U.S. government. I'm just about to go to the European Union to speak. Um, I'm going to the um, uh, Houses of Commons. So I'm now a voice or, or to help people 
uh, not only understand addiction, but teach them a very simple model of how you can retrain your mind uh, and, and walk away from something that we just didn't believe we could. Uh, and yeah, that, that really is my story up to date. So, yeah, that sounds like it's got some, some sad bits in there, but also very inspiring as well at the same time. Yeah. And you said like that you use these tools to sort of get over your addictions. How, how do you define a couple of those? Well, basically what it is, is, is the mind is controlling us. So, so for everybody listening to this, there's this, there's this thing that we haven't been taught, um, you know, in life, there's this model of life which says that we consciously, so us in this present moment, us making all our own decisions, us experiencing life, we, whether you call yourself a spirit, a soul, a conscious self, but us in this present moment, we are separate to how this mind and body work. Our mind and our body are like a vehicle, okay, they're a safety mechanism, you know, they're there to keep us alive, but what it is, the mind is like a, a computer program, it's highly intelligent, but it has no common sense, and it's running a program, now we introduce an addictive drug into our system, just like we have hunger for food, well that drug is now connected to that survival mechanism, and now the mind and the body are driving us to do the thing that we are doing. Now, of course, if you try and make a conscious decision to stop eating, you can make that conscious decision, but your mind and body wouldn't let you. They would create anxiety and stress and fear and make you feel really, really awful until you ate again, because that's the way the mind and body try and teach us through emotions and feelings. Now, of course, that same mechanism is now working for the drug. So you might say, no, I'm not going to use cocaine or smoke or drink alcohol again, but your mind believes that you need it just like you need food. So it will create anxiety and stress and fear inside of you, make you feel really uncomfortable until you pick up the drug again. You know, and so and so that's what I teach. I teach people how that you go back into the mind and you retrain it, and you retrain it by using simple self-talk techniques. You're going to open up a dialogue. You're going to see the separation between you consciously making a decision and your mind wanting something different. And I teach people how that you open up a dialogue and you retrain the mind. And, and that process, you know, it can take maybe a couple of weeks, top whack, and you can literally, and then after two weeks, yet your mind then chooses something different. It doesn't ask you to pick up the drug anymore. In fact, it will support you not to do it, but there's a process that you have to do. See, I have a website, beatmyaddictions.com. On that website is a free seven-day beat addiction plan. You literally just go on, you download the plan. It is an instruction manual to help you overcome what your mind and body are doing. And as long as you follow this manual, uh, you know, we call it a seven-day beat addiction plan. It's, we call it seven days to prepare your mind to make a decision to stop. Because if you can get your mind half on your side, then after that, yeah, it will allow you to go through what we call withdrawal period. Withdrawal, as I said, you know, we, it's, it's around 10 days, but just give yourself a couple of weeks just to be using the techniques, and, and then after that, you, you will be free of, of whatever, whether it's a mental addiction, a physical addiction, because what you're doing is just you're reprogramming in the mind, just like the mind is a computer program, just like this laptop that I'm on. If you know, if this was Windows 8, 
you know, and it's not working brilliantly, I can I can program Windows 10 and it will stay like that. And it's the same with your mind. Once you reprogram it, that's how it will stay. Yeah, okay. And I'm wondering, like, your thoughts on sort of meditation, how you see, like, that. So, so yeah, so meditation, yoga, all of these things they are brilliant, brilliant skills to, you know, it's like mindfulness, isn't it? It is... What you're doing is you're becoming conscious of how your body works. You're becoming conscious of how your mind is thinking. You have to remember we get 50, 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. We're not creating them. They're being created for us. So when you go into that you know, mindfulness sort of arena, you're, you're becoming in touch with that inner self. And, and, and that is the beginning. You know, mindfulness is being taught in you know, schools now. It's the beginning. It isn't the solution, but it's the beginning of the understanding. So, so meditation, brilliant. Yoga, brilliant. Mindfulness, all of those things. But, but this model of life that I teach, you know, I, you know, I encourage everybody to learn it. This is why it's free. You know, you can just go into my, you know, the information is free. I mean, I have a book, you know, which is my story, my brother's story, and how I came to know this, you know, which is on the website. But the information, the information that people need is free. And, and you know, I encourage everyone to understand it. And then go on, you know, understand, you know, the, you know people talk about the secret, the universe, you know, what what you think about, you know, as, as you speak positively, you'll get positive things back. These are all brilliant tools. But with addiction, we've got the most immediate problem in front of us. You know, I give an instruction manual is how do you get out of that immediate problem? And then once you get out, then go on, you know, learn mindfulness, learn meditation, learn all of these things. I mean, when you're going through withdrawal, if you put a meditation, you know, tape on CD, you know, listen to it, it's going to calm you. You know, the whole point of, of addiction, withdrawal, is you need to calm the mind. If you calm the mind, you calm the body. And, and, and through these techniques, it, you know, it really, really helps. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, awesome. I mean, I find meditation um, yeah, very beneficial to sort of intervene those thoughts and to understand I am not my thoughts. You know, I just have thoughts. So rather yeah. than thinking, like I'm a piece of shit or I need to go and use this drug, I think, oh, it's just a thought saying I need to use this drug or it's just a thought of anxiety, I am not anxiety and it allows you to sort of detach like who you are from what you think. So I yeah. find that, yeah, very beneficial. But, I mean, um, yeah. yeah, that is easy. What you just said there is perfect because you are detaching yourself consciously from what this mind and body are doing because we are not our thoughts, we are not our feelings. They are our guide. It's our mind and body. It's this computer system trying to guide us to what it believes is the right thing. But, of course, the mind doesn't understand addiction. The mind only understands a want and a need. We created the want and the need because we put the drug in. You know, we never decided for that drug to overtake our life, for it to start to destroy our life, to take all our money, destroy our relationship. You know, but even though we've got so much bad happening on the outside... The mind believes it's doing the right thing. Just like it's telling me to eat food, it's now telling me to use the drug. So if you can separate yourself from that mechanism, and just like what you said through meditation, you've got it. You've got the answer. 
And then what you do is, is your job is to build a relationship. Start to build a relationship up with your mind. Say, thank you. I really appreciate you sending me this, but we're not going to do this anymore. And this is the reason why. And when you start to speak emotionally to yourself, your mind has to listen. You know, your mind is designed to listen to what we want. You know, just like I can pick this cup up and I can put it down and make that decision but it's my mind that allows me to do it. It's my mind that instructs all of my muscles, all of my ligaments, everything to move concurrently so I can pick up that cup. You know, I can't consciously think on that level. Everything's being done by the mind. If you want change, we have to go to the mind. And, and you know, and this process is so successful, not just for people with, with you know, smoking or drinking, but people that use, you know, crack cocaine, heroin, you know, it's not even just that, because once you get over addiction, you know, we've got people that are suffering with anxiety, stress, fear, depression. Well, guess what that is? They're all emotions that are being created by your mind to try and tell you to do something. But, you know, we all sit with fear. We don't want to deal with it. So, so, but what, you know, if you use these techniques, you can open up a dialogue. You can ask your mind, why am I sitting like this? Why am I suffering like this? Your mind will give you an answer, you know. If I say to you, what's two times two, you're going to go, well, four. It's an easy question, right? But you have to go to your mind for the answer. We consciously don't know what two times two is, but our mind does, and it gives it to you in a nanosecond. So if you're struggling with your emotions or your feelings, just ask, sit quietly and ask yourself your question. Why am I experiencing this? What do I need to do to fix it? You know, a lot of the time, the mind just makes stuff up. It just says... You know, it's like an overworried mother. It's saying, "Don't do this, don't do that. Get us this, do that." You know, and half the time, it's not it's not giving us the right information. So, so it's it, we do have to question. We have to question. We have to build a relationship. We need to get on with this mind, and that's when you're going to get the change. I mean, we we spend so much time looking in the outside world for the answers when all of the time it just it's just sitting here. You know, the answers. Are, sitting here just waiting and you've just got to if you don't like it you have to change it yeah okay yeah that's really interesting i would yeah completely agree but how would you say um or where would you say there's a place for like counseling or like healing trauma um and more traditional approaches if you like yeah so so what happens you know people say people need counseling or trauma stuff like beforehand you know, but I say if you have addictions, I would say to people, get rid of the addiction, yeah, make a decision, cut off the supply. When you come out of addiction, you know, after 10 days, a couple of weeks, what happens? All of your emotions and your feelings come back. It's like what we do when we're using drink and drugs, we suppress, suppress, suppress. But when you come out of addiction, all of a sudden, all of those emotions and feelings come back. So what that does, it can bring back some past emotions or past experiences that you may have suffered over the last five years, ten years, maybe as a child. Okay, so when you come out of the addiction, that is the moment when you go and, you go and get a counsellor, you go and get someone that is going to help. Yeah, that's when you need the professionals because they know how to deal with trauma. They know how to deal with abuse, whether it's mental abuse, sexual abuse. 
you know, for years we've been suppressing it because of the things that have happened. And, we, you know, drugs have done a really good job at it, but drugs come with the side effects. Drugs come with, you know, the bad that comes with it. So, so we thought we were doing the right thing, but 100%. What we need to do as a society, we need to deal with our problems. We've never been taught how to deal with our problems. We've just been, you know, as a, as a young boy or man growing up, you know, you can't show emotion. Don't cry. Don't do this. Keep your mouth shut. Respect your elders. Blah, blah, blah. You know, we've been looking at our elders, you know, our parents and that, like, just going, oh, we're just going to, you know, but they drink, they smoke. You know, our, our generation used drugs. You know, it was already set what we was going to do, but... But counselling, 100%, you know, but let counselling deal with the addiction. A counsellor technically isn't going to get you out of addiction. The only person that's going to get you out of addiction is you, because the only person that your mind listens to is you. You could listen to me for hours on end, but I'm not going to change your mind. You consciously have to go in and ask for change. You know, and once you get that change and then you need some, you know, some, some counselling or some therapy to help you overcome some of the things that you've been suppressing all of these years because we're not meant to suffer. We're not meant to suffer, you know, if there's a problem, find the solution. If you start looking for the solution, you go into a positive mindset and then you can move forward. You know, line up these problems and go, right, let's deal with this one. Let's deal with this one. You know, is there anything I can do about it? If there's nothing you can do about it, if it's like gone and there's, you know, you can't, you put it to the side. You just say, look, thank you for sending me these thoughts, but there's nothing I can do about it. You know, if there's action I can take, let's start doing the action. Tell me what I need to do. What do I need to do to resolve this situation? Or if, if in, even if there is action and you don't want to resolve it, then you just say to yourself, thank you for sending me this thought, but we don't need to deal with this anymore. And then your mind will listen. The mind will stop sending you the thoughts, even if you've got to have a few conversations with yourself. So, Yeah, so it's almost like you um, learn the skills of the mind first and learn how to deal with the addiction and, and sort of get rid of the addiction first and then you're free to go and heal any wounds or anything that that either opens up or like you rediscover through that process. A hundred percent. That is the process. It's an educational process first before you even think about making a decision to stop. So you get all of the education, you then make a decision to stop. You then go through a withdrawal period, you come out the other side, and then you can then, you deal with the life problems. You then, because at the end of that, because you've no longer got an addiction, you're then mentally and physically strong enough to be able to deal with these problems. But whilst you've got your addictions, you're in a really bad place. You're in a very weak, not that you're weak-minded, because you have to be strong-willed to be able to cope with, with the enormous amount of drink or drugs or something that you're doing. You know, you have to be strong-willed for that. But you're never in the right frame of mind to be able to deal with the problems. When you come out of addiction, then you are clear-minded. You are making the right decisions yeah, and it's that point that you can deal with whatever's happened to you, whether you want to deal with it or not. But from that moment on, we're just not going to use drugs to suppress it. We're either going to find the solutions or we're going to put it over here to the side. Yeah, but it's not going to affect the rest of our life. Our life is designed to be happy. 
You know, we're going to start to look for the things that are going to make us happy. And the thing is, if you retrain your mind, guess what? Your mind, those fifty to 70,000 thoughts are not guiding you to the next pub or the next drug dealer. They're now looking for the good people and the good places that are going to bring you the happiness and you the joy. And you don't even have to do anything. Because you retrained the mind, the mind is now doing it for you. And, and, and that's, you know, that's the really special part of this process. So... Yeah, okay, it sounds really interesting. And how long would you say it takes to sort of like reprogram the mind, as you say? So, yeah, so around, you know, from, from following the program, it's around, you know, 10 days. But after 10 days, even though you've got rid of the craving, you know, because you've learned this self-talk technique, you will use these self-talk techniques for the rest of your life. Because every time you think something bad or feel a bad emotion, well, guess what? You're going to ask for change. You're going to go... Right, so why am I feeling like this? Let, let's find something different. You know, you're always, see, every single one of us is self-talking, but we do it in an indirect way. Now you know there's a direct contact with your mind. Well, you're never going to forget about that. You're always going to use it to improve every part of your life. So, so it's, you know, you'll use these techniques forever. But as I say, withdrawal, you know, 10 days. Give yourself a couple of weeks, you know, just say for a couple of weeks I'm going to use these techniques. You know, you watch how quickly things change. It, it's like, it's, it's really, really amazing. And, and, you know, a lot of people say it's just impossible. You know, it takes months or years to overcome addictions. And that's even if you can overcome addictions. But the people that say that are using uh, willpower, they're using willpower techniques, which goes like, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. They're consciously making a decision. But because they've not opened up a dialogue and gone into the mind and tried to change the mind, you know, they become fearful. They're trying to fight with something they can't win. You know, the, the, the drug is connected to these survival mechanisms. It's just like you trying to say, I'm not going to eat, I'm not going to eat, I'm not going to eat. You know, you may be able to do it, but you're going to feel miserable. You know, I'm not here to feel miserable. I'm here to retrain and feel good. If I don't feel good, you know, if I never found this process, I would have still been using drink and drugs because I'm not going to live the rest of my life in a miserable state. At least using drink and drugs, I've got something from it. You know, I might have a lot shorter life, but I found a way out, and that's why I'm now doing what I'm doing. There is a way that you can get out and live a perfectly happy life, and you know, and that's what I teach. Yeah, yeah, and how would you feel like, or how do you feel like there's a place for like labels if you like you know sometimes in AA meetings wherever you sit there and you go like I'm an alcoholic and my name's yeah. John or whatever so, so AA, CA all of those is is the, it's the best organisation in the world okay anyone that is following the 12 steps and that you know they're in a safe environment you can go to three or four meetings every single week you can get off any plane in the world and find an AA meeting so the organization is is itself is, is a is a brilliant uh, uh, help and support you know place but i don't i don't do labels so you know if someone stands up every single week and says my name's chris i'm an alcoholic okay what i'm doing is sending a message back to my mind to say i'm still an alcoholic and so what my mind does is send me back more thoughts, more, you know, feelings of I'm still an alcoholic. So there's still a want and a need inside me. So, so I don't do that. I teach something different. I teach, you know, to, there's too many labels. I mean, if you consider, if we go mental health, I mean, you've got people that are ADHD, ADD, split personality, borderline personality, um, 
uh, bipolar, all of these mental health conditions. But do you know that there's not one medical test, you know, like where they can take blood or scan you, that actually proves that you've got any of these conditions, yeah? The way that they diagnose people is they give you a list of questions, and if you answer high enough, then you get the, right, you are a borderline personality disorder, you've got bipolar, you so, so there's no medical proof. All it is is somebody is not in a really good place at that moment. You know, if you could teach these people some self-talk techniques, you know, and, and run for a program with them, you know, after a few weeks, they could go back and answer them questions. They wouldn't be bipolar anymore. See, it's the way that we think. It's the way that we speak. You know, all labels do is make people, you know, a victim. You know, if, you know, if I'm now an alcoholic, then that's it. I, I'm, you know, that's me labelled for the rest of my life. I'm an alcoholic. I can't drink, you know. But I always ask the question, at what point does somebody become an alcoholic? You know, if I'm a smoker, if I'm smoking cigarettes, you know, I smoke, started smoking with one, two, three, four. You know, at four cigarettes a day, am I, am I a smokeaholic? You know, at, at, at 20 cigarettes a day, am I a smokeaholic? At 40 cigarettes a day, am I a smokeaholic? You know, at what point do I become a smokeaholic? You know, what I teach is is that at the very moment you put an addictive drug into your system, you become addicted to that drug. You know, it just takes time to be able to consume more of it. But the want and the need is created from when you put the drug in. And so once it connects to the survival mechanism, a, a want and a need is created. So whether you're smoking one a day, two a day, five a day, a hundred a day, You've all got the same addiction. It's the mind and the body, you know, craving it. What we need to be doing is looking for the solution. How can we stop the mind and the body craving? And, you know, through using self-talk techniques, you can. So, so, and I say to people, you know, people from AA and CA, they come to my group, they take my model, and then they go back into AA, so they keep the support, they keep, you know, the camaraderie, you know, the companionship, you know, all of that going, but they're now using self-talk techniques to go along with the 12 steps. So so I'm a supporter of every single, you know, recovery program, whether it's CBT, whether it's hypnosis, whether it's AA, whether it's counselling, you know, because it's we're all going for the same goal. Our goal is to stop people from using. And so we should all stand together, you know, and, and, and help each other, you know, because I don't even pretend that mine's you know, this is the all and end all of addiction. You know, addiction is a very complex thing. It's like homelessness. You, mean, you can take a homeless man and put a roof over his head, but it doesn't sort out his mental health problems. It doesn't sort out his money problems. It doesn't, you know, it, you know, life is really complex, but what, you know, we're all one part of a bigger picture. So, so we must do whatever we can. We use our knowledge. We use our experience to help the individual get to where they want to go to. You know, if someone comes to see me and goes to AA and gets counselling, it's, it's, it's fine because all three of us are guiding that person to their end goal. And that's a life of happiness and joy and not suffering the way that we suffered. And, you know, again, and that's what I preach. That's what I tell. That's what I do. Yeah, that sounds really amazing and a really good philosophy to have. Like you say, whatever sort of works for them. And the yep. person's always aiming towards... Um, the same sort of goal of, like you say, happiness and for, for uh, happiness and fulfilment. Um, yeah. But we are sort of coming to the end of the show now. 
So where can people find out more about you? I know you've got um, a seminar coming up soon, I believe. Yeah, so so I've got, you know, because of this addiction thing, I, I've attracted a lot of people with food addictions. So, so people that, you know, are overeating, got weight problems, are suffering with bulimia, anorexia. Again, we're teaching people these self-talk techniques. So, and also people, we've got a, a big problem with diabetes or uh, type 2 diabetes now. So, so basically, we, this is the first of its kind seminar. It's happening in London. It's uh, Sunday, the 17th of September. It's a full-day seminar. You'll find all the details on my uh, website, beatmyaddictions.com, or come and find us on Eventbrite. That's where you get a ticket. The tickets are just £29 for the whole day. We're giving away recipe books. We're giving away my addiction plan. Um, and we've got some world experts with the very latest science around uh, refined sugars and free sugars. Um, but other than that, I run health and support groups. Um, you can contact me through my website. You know, please get in touch. You know, please share some stories. Um, I run Facebook groups, so you can come and find me, Chris at BeatMyAddictions.com. Uh, no, uh, Chris Hill, Beat My Addictions on Facebook. Um, yeah, just, just come and find us, um, and uh, we'll share some information. Um, and, yeah, we'll just support anyone that ever wants to come forward. Yeah, okay, excellent. Well, thank you very much for, for coming on the show. All right, brilliant, Luke. Thank you. As always, thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share and I really wish you well on your journey to serenity.